Hello everybody, it's Sean Moriarty again. On Sunday, February 22nd at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, the Nerdonomy crew will be broadcasting another live Oscar commentary podcast. Stay tuned to Nerds on Film for more details in the coming weeks, and enjoy your podcasts. Thanks. Listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. So, uh, what have we all seen, nerds? Okay, guess what I did last night, you guys? What? I was in San Francisco. Wait, you a- didn't give us time to fucking guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a rhetorical question, Dickwad. Oh. Okay. Oh, sorry. So, okay, Sean, you want to guess what I did last night? Okay. Too late. Okay, so oh, I was in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was at uh, the Great American Music Hall checking out a buddy a buddy of mine's band. And it was really, it's a really cool area. Like, I like that area. Turns out there's a AMC theater in that neighborhood. And this is off of O'Farrell and Van Ness. Oh, yeah. this That's a big um, yeah. flagship movie it's theater huge. for AMC. Yeah. It's a beautiful old building. And mm-hmm. there's this big AMC theater in there. It's really cool. Cool. And I checked out The Hobbit, uh, the last of the, so the Battle of the Five Armies, right? Bofa, yeah. In IMAX and 3D. And damn. <laughs> yeah, it was, was it, it better than the second one? Okay. Uh, no. Okay. It was really bad. Okay. Oh. I'm going to echo pretty much everybody else's sentiments who's seen it and say, what the fuck? That was really sad. Like, I feel really bad that this is Peter Jackson's last go at his beloved Middle Earth. Yeah. See, now I've heard some people say, and I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I have. I, I've heard some people say that it was better than the second one. Mm. It kind of not that it entirely made up for it. Yeah. But that it was better than the second one, and it was a just nice closing to it. Mm. Some people got really emotional. Other people said it was the Phantom Menace of the series, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> damn. Those strong words. So. Well, people were like, okay, when did this movie become Dune? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's all a right. part if you read the books. Okay. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Because it's just like a random segue. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing happens. They just show up. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that being said, yeah, the second one was not that great. I will yeah. give you that. And I want to say this, this final installment of this, you know, this trilogy, rather, um, was, yeah, there was closure. Yeah, I mean, it followed along and mm. gave, you know, there were some re- great action sequences. The score to this film mm-hmm. terrified me. It was really? great. I mean, okay. that carried the dramatic yeah. tension throughout the whole thing for me, totally. Okay. So it had good it had good technical elements, but yeah. story-wise was just... Mm. Story was wise, the high was... frame rate thing back again looking kind of weird? Bre- I felt I've got like a, that was... I've got a new name for the movie. Yeah. The Hobbit, the argument to keep it to five movies <laughs> instead of Battle of the Five Armies. I love yeah. it. I love this it. movie is why we should have kept it at five movies instead Whoops. of six. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, they did. Yeah, they had this whole thing with like Galadriel and the the raids and all that. Right. And, I mean, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but if anything, but you in saw... the day and age of awesome video yeah. games, like we've all seen plenty of wraiths. We don't need more wraiths. True that. Yeah. I felt like I was watching video game graphics at one point, though. Yeah. It was kind of lame. Yeah. yeah so yeah. At, at the same time, yes and no, good and bad, but okay. mostly disappointing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would be curious to know what Gina 
says about it. Um, oh, she I, was pissed. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I mean, keep in mind, folks, that this movie in production, way, like way back in the mid 2000s, like that was so long ago. But when it was when people were <laughs> were, were mulling over whether they wanted to adapt this movie, yeah, it was intended to be one movie, one movie to one rule them all. Back in 2005. <laughs> We only had one internet. Hey, that that was ten years ago. All right, yeah, it is ten oh, years ago. Yeah, I know, Ooh. and uh, it's crazy to think. But back when that was happening, it was only going to be one movie, hmm. and then eventually, when Guillermo del Toro, around the times where he was uh, rumored, or even Sam Raimi was rumored to be taking over the uh, directorial stuff, they were talking about doing it as Hobbit, and it, and then a sequel to The Hobbit, which we no one had known about. Hmm. And then finally, when Peter Jackson came on, and said, nope, we're doing it as a fucking trilogy, y'all. <laughs> and breaking it into three movies. I'm really... pretty sure that Peter Jackson doesn't sound like that. He said it exactly like that, okay? We're breaking so, like, it into a fucking trilogy, y'all. No, I was trying to do New Zealand, trilogy, and it came out in Southern. <laughs> what the fuck? I need to do my dialect Or work. maybe like how Eric does his Really Australian Southern. New and... Zealand is deep, yeah. deep South. <laughs> deep <laughs> southern <laughs> Hemisphere, yes. Um... I mean, it just kept blowing up and blowing up, and now it's four movies essentially. Yeah. Uh, or no, f- no, they didn't do. They didn't break it up into four. They only no, did. It they three. did three and three. Yeah, they were talking about potentially breaking up in the last part into two movies. Mm, I'm like, yeah. Ugh. So I think that was going, what was going on. But anyway, it just kept inflating and inflating and inflating. And the, yeah. I don't think the Hobbit book is even that long. I don't think no. it's as long as even. It's not. It's not. The they first took Lord a lot of, of footnotes and parts of the Cimmerillion and stuff to mm-hmm. to build that the trilogy. Yeah. Right. So they were just trying to fluff it up a little bit more to make another. And you know, then the just Earth blatantly trilogy. making shit up. Oh yeah, <laughs> blatantly like taking a very like one sentence and being like, "Let's write three pages about this." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And rest That's assured, so Tolkien's sad. probably rolling in his grave, translating new languages, and yeah, right. you know, yeah, making so, vigorous hate notes. I about. saw a film. Which one? I saw Foxcatcher. And <gasps> I, I was oh. hoping to know what it wanted to achieve. I still haven't. It seen was it yet. the creepiest fucking movie I've ever seen. Okay, who is creepier, Steve Carell or Channing Tatum trying to act? Okay, no. First of all. <laughs> Fuck you. Tatum was fucking brilliant in that movie. I don't like him. I don't give a fuck what you like. He will transform your uh, your opinion immediately after you see that movie. Brian, you've made this argument already. He's just playing another jock. No. No? No. Okay. Uh Uh-uh. Okay, then argue it. Well, how is he not playing just another jock? Okay. He happens to be a wrestler, but the, but the, like, they get, like, he, he, oh. Okay. It's a big character study about him him and him feeling inadequate in, compared to his brother and him wanting to achieve something so much. You only see a little bit of the athletic side of him. For the Mm, most part, it gets deep into his character and who he is and his mind and how tortured of a person he is. Oh, you're still talking about Channing Tatum, right? Channing Tatum, yes. Yeah. So then take it to the next level. How does Steve Carell do? I mean, that's Steve Carell's like just be... fucking. Well, he's great all the time, but he just creeps you the fuck out. Oh you just God. you want to not look at him, but you <gasps> yeah. have to look at him. He's <gasps> he's this awkward kind of creepy. Because I also saw the film, huh. um, amongst the four, and I. So here's my argument about Channing Tatum. Did he do a good acting job in the movie? Yes, I think he did. 
I do agree. He's It's not that much of a stretch given the characters he's played. And what I mean by that is character type. I'm not saying that it wasn't challenging for him to hit all the emotional mm-hmm. beats in that script because there were some very heavy moments mm-hmm. that it does take some chops to be able to do. Yeah. However... Yes, I'm so... Yes, I'm, I hope Channing Tatum will apologize for not playing, you yeah. know, like a... Um, an electrician with polio or some shit. <laughs> so, and that's my point. It's not that the electrician with polio, but that he will truly impress me as an actor when he plays someone that is completely different than who he is physically, mm-hmm. as well as emotionally. And then I will be said, okay, he That was something totally chops. different than who he's ever been emotionally, though, because he always plays somebody who's very confident and who's like the, you know, a leader. Understood. And in this movie, that's turned on its side. He's trying his hardest to be that and failing at it miserably. But I think you missed the key part of that. It's not just the emotional piece. I'm looking at the physical piece to go along with the emotional piece. Oh, so to you turn want into him something to destroy else. his body and eat pizzas every fucking day <laughs> to transform himself is physically that much to ask so that for? you'll like him more. <laughs> Brian I mean, has really low expectations. I mean, is that... This just in, Brian Moyarty gave Channing Tatum the diabetes. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is just me, but I think Stanislavski was being a little light with meth. I'm just saying <laughs> that just that doesn't go far enough. This is great. Yes. Like, Nobody knows play, this, but Tom like, Hanks stabbed himself with an AIDS needle no, before Philadelphia. Wow. No, everyone knows. Everyone who knows uh, me knows that I hate method actors really? uh, or method acting. Um, I'm just saying. Like, oh, yeah. oh, fuck Daniel Day Lewis. Yes. <laughs> what he just said. No, no James Dean and Marlon Brando are rolling in their graves right now. Uh, personally, I hate the method. Not Marlon Brando. He won't be able to roll around. He probably barely fits into the costume. <laughs> Could be able to shimmy a little bit in his so grave. But, He's just uh, kind of twitching. He's, He's kind of doing like the <laughs> turtle shakes. on its back thing. <laughs> He's vibrating. Um, <laughs> no, what I'm, I'm just saying that you can make adjustments to your physicality yeah. that doesn't involve crazy amounts of preparation, um, but it does require thought into how this character moves and thinks. It's different from how you move and think. Oh, and I, Brian, that's so funny that you say about moving and thinking, because if you noticed in the movie, have you ever met or talked to or been really good friends with anybody who's been a wrestler? Ooh. Because because of the way their body is Richard. contorted, they actually walk in a certain way, how they hunch, and him and Mark Ruffalo were like completely changed the way that they walked and moved based on being a wrestler. But that's still validating the point that he's still playing something that is roughly within his physical type, though, because he was a wrestler in high school. So it's mm. like it wasn't that... Again, that wasn't that much of a stretch. It's kind of like James Gandolfini always playing a gangster type. No, if and you want to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then one of his, like no, his it's final like Brian's film... Saying, is, Brian's saying it's like, why is James Gandolfini always playing a fat guy? Because <laughs> he's a fucking fat guy, Brian. <laughs> and I'm not saying that everyone's going to be able to play something that's completely different all the time. Uh-huh. I mean, some actors just aren't that way. The reality of the acting business is, yes, you do get cast by your physical type quite a bit. Mm. But if you can stretch and you can pull it off, you've won a lot of respect. That's all I'm saying. And I look forward to the day where Channing Tatum does, in fact, play an electrician who has polio. But But here's the uh, Steve Carell argument I have. I have a theory about actors who wear prosthetics in films. They usually get nominated for something. Okay, like Nicole, Kidman. Nicole Kidman in The Hours. Mm-hmm. All right. Charlie Stern. Danny DeVito Charlie in Batman Stern. Returns. Um, I want to say, who is that French? Uh, uh, Marion Cotillard? Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Rose? Le'Veon Rose, yeah. Okay, yeah. there is like a list of actors. Yeah. I mean, the facial piece of it. And there's a high correlation that the person who does the makeup for that movie also gets nominated. That's true. That's true. Yeah, so that's a good... And it's, it's a really important part of that performance because yeah. you... It does help you make the transformation and you can... You can do 
things and say lines a certain way that you maybe wouldn't have thought of before before so you brought those into it. Are we starting a Steve Carell Oscars watch? I think we should. Yeah. I think John Stewart started that when uh, when this movie right before this movie came out. Steve Carell went on the Daily Show, did an interview with him. And uh, John Stewart basically the entire time was just gushing over Steve Carell's performance, saying, "You deserve an Oscar. You're gonna get an Oscar for nice. this." Oh my god! And I mean, part of that is John Stewart being really excited for his, <laughs> you know, former employee. Yeah. Right. But you know, it was genuine. Yeah. He like truly believes it that would be Steve a big Carell's deal. Something for this. It would be a big so. deal to have a comic actor like that yeah. uh, win a dramatic. All right. So Oscar. moral of the story is Brian still feels threatened by jock types, which is residual <laughs> psychological problems from high school. Moving forward. What else have you seen, Brian? Uh, so I saw Into the Woods. Nice. Yep. Which Me was too. good. Pretty good. I, and I think the reason why people don't, well, there's a lot of people who don't like it is for two reasons. One they uh, they didn't expect a musical going mm. in because the, the ads for it didn't really advertise. No. Yeah, and it's Sondheim. That means it's mostly singing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I don't think the themes were ones that they were expecting. Like, there, yeah. some people were like, this is sick. How can you, you <laughs> if you've ever been abused, you should not see this movie. I'm like, you've ne- clearly never seen the stage wow. show because you yeah. don't know that this is. If you're not familiar with it, that this is what this is yeah. about. Yeah. And actually, so this is really interesting. Sorry to cut you off on that, but I saw Into the Woods also, and so I was going to talk about that. But um, when Sondheim wrote Into the Woods, as a gay man, he was, it was in the middle of the AIDS crisis. <gasps> and so Into the Woods for him, had a lot to do with the AIDS crisis. Not as obvious as, like, say, Rent, which also came out at the same time, but more of, like, ending on apathy and people that you love dying and Mm. everybody pretty much winding up alone because their loved ones are all dead or whatever. Because of a giant that they have no control over. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot... There's a lot going on there. Spoilers. There's a lot going on there, and um, some people that I noticed who had problems with the movie said that Disney didn't push that enough. Mm, exactly. Yeah. Well, they turned uh, something like if you've seen the stage show, you can get a video version of it and yeah, burn yeah. it at Peter's. It's been on Netflix amazing. for a while. Oh my God. Burned yeah. at Peter's is so it, good. It is I, way more adult yeah. and has way more adult content. Oh, yeah. 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 And though like that being, offensive content compared to what people are saying about this movie. Though right. That being said, I, I understand that it's Disney yeah. and they're putting their name behind it. So they can't put the full, darkness of the musical behind it and right. expect to not get like Disney fight hate it. mail after Come hate on. mail yeah but I, I still feel like thematically it it met what it was supposed to it I did agree. what it was supposed to I agree I think it did the show justice uh, I also think that God Meryl Streep like, she did a great job she did she, an awesome job and I again she ain't no Bernadette Peters when it comes to vocals Mm-mm. but she did a she really close, great jo- great great Weevil. great job <laughs> I think we've established that Bernadette Peters isn't even Bernadette Peters when it comes I, I to know. <laughs> if you guys ever, like, just go on YouTube and Google search Bernadette Peters, any Get Your Gun, anything you can do, I can do better, that song, because there's a note that she holds for longer than humanly possible. Wow. It's yeah. like, it's like unbelievable how long she holds this freaking note. And I yeah. I. Uh, it gives me chills. And also, um, the original Broadway cast of Into the Woods mm-hmm. did a full recording for PBS. Cool. It was yeah. one of the great performances back mm-hmm. in the 80s. So mm-hmm. you can find the original production and see how it differs yeah. from the show. Um, it's, I mean, some things are different. There's a whole character they omitted yeah. uh, from the show in the movie. Um, but they, 
again, Rob Marshall being a guy who has directed both Broadway and film, mm-hmm. I think knew how to adapt it in a way that made sense for the medium. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, I think he was successful. Uh, I saw also saw Into the Woods. Um, saw a lot of documentaries on Netflix. I don't know why, but I was on a kick. Nice. Everybody should watch Burt's Buzz. Burt's Buzz? Burt's Buzz. Oh, it's that's about, the Burt's Bees one. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, but I also saw in the theaters uh, Big Eyes. Ooh. The Tim Burton, Amy Adams, Christoph Waltz movie. Oh, I want to see it so bad. It was good. It was very good. Christoph Waltz pretty much makes that movie. He does Um, that a lot. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, He's a wolf. Amy Adams did an amazing job. She a revelation? I mean, she's always good. Yeah. She's always good. I expect nothing less from her, and I was not disappointed. True that. Um, And I liked that this movie was not overly Tim Burton-y, obviously. Yeah. But there was a couple of moments where Tim Burton came out and it was really, really well done. The problem with with Tim Burton, I feel like, is now we just, you know, he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Alice in Wonderland and we just go, You, like, expect a Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah, you're just kind of like, stop. Stop doing that. We, you got that Margaret cornered. Obviously, you know what to do. Yeah. Dark you shadows, quirky gothic, yeah, like whatever. <laughs> but this, this was yeah. how I love Tim Burton to be done. It's like yeah. this like big and fish. Big Fish. Yeah. Exactly. It's, so it's yeah. callback to Big Fish in a way. It's not a callback to Big Fish. Well, it's just a, the style. The style the... like is reminiscent. Yeah. When yeah. looking at the context of this director's work. Personally, I think Tim Burton just needs to stop doing adaptations. I don't think this one counts because it's just a true story. Stop doing adaptations of major works and just do films like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Original stories mm-hmm. or adapted from true stories that uh, that speak more to, I think, his what he really is trying to say. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think the bigger projects were probably just money offers from studios like, oh, we like your dark whimsical yeah. look. Can you, can I you agree, do this movie? Because seriously, Dark Shadows was an abomination. Oh, God, that was so terrible. Oh. It was so bad. And he probably didn't even want to do the movie, I bet. No, he wanted him and Johnny Depp obsessed over that show, Dark Shadows, and that was a passion project oh, for got both it. of them. Okay, well, uh, well, then I stand corrected. Okay, um, yeah. he didn't want to do Planet of the Apes; they just did it because of the money. He did. That oh, I wish he didn't do Planet. Of the Apes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we all wish that. Yeah. Anyway, let's get this show started. Yeah, Mel Brooks and Weary bitches. Well, on that note, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy Berry. And I'm Sean Moriarty. Thank you for listening to our longer than usual movie update. Yeah, Sean, you loved it. Sean, cut what you can out of that. Yeah. Thank you, Burt Lancaster. You <laughs> loved it. it you loved it. Stays. Stays. <laughs> it all stays. It all stays. Jesus. All right. Well, um, so because it's Mel Brooksuary, um, I hope you guys took note from last week and went out and watched Silent Movie, uh, because the rest of the episode we're just going to be paying tribute to that film. So everybody turn off your mics. Just just stop, stop. talking. Anyway, <laughs> we're not actually going to be no, silent. No. That would be a terrible podcast. I mean, well, this you movie guys is turned so... your mics off way earlier, not committed. <laughs> like you didn't turn. I I kept mine off for a while. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So the rest of our show is just us going to be mumbling yeah. about silent movie. Like yes, just talking about it really quietly. <laughs> I love this movie. So <laughs> I got. I know how we could start this. How fucking meta is this movie? Seriously? Oh my god! This is well. This is absolutely a Hollywood picture about Hollywood pictures. Shit, yeah. Yep. It was. It's so. Do- it's so well done. Okay. So um, it's 1974. 
And Mel Brooks at this point has already done The Producers, 12 Chairs, Blazing Saddles, and Young Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. This was his follow-up to Young Frankenstein. This was his follow-up to Young Frankenstein, keeping along the theme that's been working for him at this point of doing um, spoofs. Mm -hmm. And so he really wanted really, really badly to do a silent film. Um, And I believe it was 20th Century Fox. They were like, uh... No? <laughs> no are you crazy <laughs> and he's like no no seriously i want to do this i want to do this um and they're like well apparently you know what you're talking about right now you're making us big bucks so fine go for it so basically a remake of the opening scene yeah to silent movie. very similar right <laughs> um and actually originally mel brooks wanted it to be completely silent Whoa. no score what and wow. they were like, that's a little too far off the rails. Let's reel you back in. Um, but he definitely made it a tribute to, you know, the Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin I was type say. Uh, you know, slapstick movies. And even mm-hmm. then there's that scene with Sid Caesar who's playing the, the chief of the studio and he just goes, Slapstick is dead. And then, <laughs> and then he falls, and then he falls backward in his chair, goes sliding across, hits his head on the wall, and then like stands up. He's like, Where am I? Who am I? What's for dinner? And you're just saying Caesar is the best in this. Oh, God oh. rest his soul. Man, he was so great. That the hospital scene? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Unbelievable. Actually, one of my the funniest moments I think is uh is the shower scene with, with Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Where he's obsessed with his own image and then uh-huh. Marty Feldman he recognized that Marty Feldman's there and he just like is screaming and trying to get out of the shower <laughs> for some reason. Just like seriously, this him. was yeah. this is one of the best sight gags oh, yeah. ever where he's just sitting there. So at this point in the movie, Mel Brooks is going Mel Fun, sorry, his name's Mel, Mel Fun. Eggs Mel Fun and- <laughs> uh, Marty Eggs and Dom Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Which of course is really Mel Brooks, Marty, Marty Feldman, Feldman and Dom DeLuise. So yeah. Fun Eggs and Bell. Yes. Um they're 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 looking for big stars to be in the silent picture because that's the only way that they're gonna Literally make this movie. Big stars. Like just whoever the biggest star is, they will get them. And so the first one they try is Burt Reynolds. Yeah. And they end up he's like taking a shower, like soaping himself up self up, and he's just standing there, like kind of smiling, loving on himself. And he's looking at himself in the mirror. There's yeah. like a mirror in the shower. There's yeah. a mirror. <laughs> like an anti-fog mirror. Yeah. And uh, and then you just see these hands come up and start soaping him. Yeah, the hands <laughs> multiply because you see his yeah. hands and then there's it's another hand. Hands. And then there's another hand. Marty <laughs> Feldman's, both of his hands are like rubbing his nipples. And he's, just, and he's just kind of standing there like, what the heck? And then he looks down, sees Mel Brooks, looks over, sees Dom DeLuise, turns around, sees Marty Feldman. Who grins and, at him. And then he just all screams all at the naked. camera. Oh my God, it is so funny. Okay. <laughs> Fun fact about the opening scene, though, when they're driving around. Oh, yes. The pregnant woman uh-huh. was Dom DeLuise's wife. Yep. And oh, she yeah. was actually pregnant at the time. Isn't that great? <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh, she walks in and a hot babe walks out. Yeah. And go. then so begins the whole shtick about Marty Feldman trying to get a chick. Yes. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh,. Probably one of the more absurd moments, too, is when they're driving and Dom says, I just need a blueberry pie. And it cuts to like five minutes later and he's eating a full blueberry pie yes. in yeah. the car. Yeah. He's like, what the Why? fuck? Why are you like a speed bump? And right. <laughs> just pie. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah, there's so much yeah. stuff that is so completely irreverent like yes. it, just, it doesn't even need to be in there but it is yep. and it's hilarious that's well i think yeah. that's because it's a silent movie and so this movie of all mel brooks's movies uh, is like 98 percent sight gags and slapstick like yes right. gotta be. it had to be yeah, yeah. absolutely so, so who's the next uh star that they get 
Well, let's um, yeah, like, real quick. So let's just back up as to um, also what's also driving the plot of right. this of this film. Um, the studio chief is really freaked out. He needs another big hit. The studio has not been doing well, as you can see by the chart on the wall that he shows where it, the line goes so far down, it goes onto the couch. <laughs> so, <laughs> big, so, big board. so dumb. Oh, um, God. And uh, they're being threatened because they're going to get bought out by some big corporation called Engulf and Devour, which is great. It's very subtle. Yeah, extremely <laughs> subtle. But this was actually a nod to Gulf and Western, who had bought out several studios, including Paramount, like in the late 60s. So um, Mel Brooks was doing a direct reference to corporations buying out studios. Wasn't it yeah. something like 80 studios? Or yeah, it was like, like a ridiculous amount. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you kind of have this engulf and devour plot going on the side where they're trying to stop Mel from making this movie mm-hmm. um, because if it is really successful, then the studio will be able to have enough to keep the studio alive as opposed to. Yes. Um, but they're also making nods to the fact that the studio is really just concerned about making money, not a, not a good picture. So mm-hmm. they're just like, get big stars, any big star, we don't care. Yeah, they literally pray to money. They have a yeah. whole opening to meeting where they're, they're, <laughs> like, they're like literally well, so like bowing to a That's engulf and devour, but mm-hmm. even the studio is really focused on money. Like the chief, when the idea of like getting big stars doing this like kind of kitschy picture, oh, he yeah. just starts hearing um, dollar signs going off in his head. <laughs> um, and then the actual um, motto on their mock MGM, like instead of the lion head, yeah. um, it's Sid Caesar kind of making like a weird seal he noise. Like barks or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in Latin, it says art is money. Uh-huh. Oh, nice. As opposed to where on MGM, it's um, art for art's sake. Right. So. Yeah. I love the scene of all the um, the, uh, the engulf and devour uh, boardroom uh-huh. when they're all like just checking in on what, what's our earnings for the first quarter. Yeah, <laughs> they're all kind of going through it, and each person on one side of the table it goes through. I love the coordination and the uh, choreography mm-hmm. of how they worked that out. Like each of yeah. them pulls out their little binder and then they put it back, and then they all go down the row. And then yeah. if they don't have anything but good to report, they each get slapped, and then the last person to get slapped doesn't want to get slapped, and so he slaps the person. so much great literal slapstick yeah yeah it's really really just the choreography of all these jokes in here where it's it's so seamless that you don't even notice you know right and Um, then how the head guy literally becomes a rabid dog yes (laughs) Yes. foaming at the (laughs) so good uh the part in the boardroom though when after they've decided that the best way to deter Mel Fun is to keep him distracted with sex. And so they get Bernadette Peters, a very young, sexy Bernadette Peters, uh, to uh to pretend to be in love with him. And when yeah. they pull down the like the the her poster uh-huh. and the boardroom table raises. Oh yeah. I was dying. <laughs> it just goes it just really like rises up. Wasn't she called like isn't her tagline buckets of lust or something? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like a, her name in quotes. Yeah. yeah. That's so oh my god. Funny. So so good. But oh. um so Burt Reynolds is the first star. The second one is James Kahn. <laughs> which is pretty great because he's just out there like boxing punching. on a punching bag. He's <laughs> really I didn't know James I forgot that James Khan's a really good comedic actor. 
actor because he did all serious shit mm-hmm. back yeah. in the seventies, even into the eighties, and he was really good with his timing and the physical comedy too. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where they're um, in rocking around in the in the motorhome yeah. where the <laughs> the sprint one of the springs had gone oh out. God. Springs this that out so they can't move yeah. at all. <laughs> Eat your melon balls very slowly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love like when Dom DeLuise picks up all those melon balls and then the whole motorhome <laughs> just tips. <laughs> like, Actually, I just loved I, I loved them like trying to help James Con into the trailer. Yes, because that that whole scene was just so so funny. Okay, they did a yeah. great job. Okay, well maybe we'll talk about this later as far as like uh, reoccurring gags and uh-huh. themes goes. Um, I know we talked about this or you guys talked about this really well in Blazing Saddles when there was kind of a discussion on the use of certain terms as oh, far as it being yeah. in the times. Yes, because there is a reoccurring gag where these these two you know older ladies, older, yeah. you know, older women. Sure. <clears throat> well, we they jump to... in yeah. and they observe the men in various states of uncompromising positions and they call them the know, F-A-G word, which yeah, they, we don't they, like they, to use. A, a slur yes. for, for homosexual. Yeah. And yes. it's really unfortunate, but at the same time, just another gag that gets a laugh because yeah. it was during that time. Yeah. And, I mean, this was we talked about this with uh, within Blazing Saddles, our episode for that. Um, Mel Brooks has always been one to attack controversy with humor. Yeah. And he did it with racism and intolerance, essentially just intolerance in mm-hmm. Blazing Saddles. And I think he does it in a small way in this movie because it's that running gag. Mm-hmm. He's essentially saying it's ridic- It's it's obviously a baseless <laughs> word to use yeah. and ridiculous. So um, he's just using that as a device to. You know, I don't I don't know about that. You I don't, don't think so. I don't know. I, I'm I'm literally I do not know because I know oh. that while he's called out racism, anti-Semitism, and stuff like that, I don't think that. Um, homophobia or you know being anti-homophobic has ever been that much of a tool for him mm-hmm. and if you look at the end of Blazing Saddles um, when they have the whole um, scene with the uh, the dancers and they're all gay right. and they're doing the the French mistake dance and stuff like that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. um, I don't so- think it's necessarily homophobic to think a stereotype for a group of people is fucking hilarious. Right. Like, if it was bad, like, ugh, gross. But finding it funny right, in a, I'm just, in a I'm way just that's saying, not cutting. Yeah, I'm just saying I, I think it's – I just don't know if that's something that has been something for him yeah. where he's talked about it or been outspoken or or even tried to use humor to, to downplay homophobia. I think it's just – I, mean, I think honestly, he just thought it was funny. Just yeah. being cheeky. I don't know. I feel like that he's brought that up as smaller elements in all in uh, many of his movies. There, there's the whole. I mean, there's the entire Carmen Ghia and Roger Dupree yeah. subplot of the producers, mm. uh, both which, the musical and the original. Well, which became a it became a bigger joke in the in the musical, but in the original one, even then, it was. Really minor, really subtle, and it was again like, yeah, oh yeah, if you work in Fair enough. Broadway, you're gay. But he also does it in Men in Tights, he, yeah. a couple different times. Mm-hmm. So he he does it in a few different movies. Sure. And so I don't think he's being as forward about it as he is with the racial right. tones. But I do think he's addressing it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So that's fair. Um, well, that being said, I think that was the biggest sort of like. Uh, interesting part about the whole James Conn scene for me, how it kind of ended on that note. You and know, you're like, whoa, little, yeah. Okay, then. <laughs> but yeah, like great. from a modern context, you're just like, wow, yeah. 
Wow, what? Great that use was of physical comedy. Great use of physical comedy, yeah. Mm-hmm. But interesting choice of words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not offended at it at all. Really? Thought it was hilarious. Okay, yep. all right. I mean, I yeah. wasn't offended necessarily. I just thought it was kind of like interesting playing to that theme of yeah. Mel Brooks using, you know, powerful words such as that, as yeah. he has done in previous films. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, after James Caan is... Is Liza Minnelli after yes, that one? Yes, yeah. the Liza Minnelli scene. It's my favorite scene. Of course, it's your favorite. Movie. Oh my god, the knights in shining armor, you guys. Yeah. So they they are on a studio lot. They see Liza Minnelli um, dressed as a princess, and she's just going into the the studio commissary to eat lunch. And hilarity ensues. Just more oh physical comedy of these of these guys who decide to dress like knights in yes. armor. Um, just kind of trying to negotiate their armor. Yeah, like at one point, he just falls over. He just gives up. He's just like done. <laughs> I'm done trying to stand up or sit down. And they're going through all this, and she's trying to be polite. And then when she finally realizes that it's Mel Fun, then she just like goes, "Oh my god, it's you! I want to be in your movie." And he's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. So kind Did of like. You, uh- did you talk about how she was like, of course, dressed to the nines as if she was some sort of like European, almost uh, like the that outfit that Audrey Hepburn wears in Breakfast at Tiffany's? Well, yeah, I mean, well, well, she's they're... she's dressed like a medieval princess. Because yeah. that's the whole reason the knight costumes with like, come with around. like a big collar. Yeah, but she, but also like her air about herself and the outfit lends to like her being completely full of herself. Oh yeah, because they we talked about with Burt Reynolds and when we talked about it, we didn't talk about this with James Caan, but how they like were really making fun of like what the public thought of these huge stars, like what their persona was. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole point when they first see Liza, she's signing autographs for all of these like fans as she's walking into the commissary. So it's oh my god, it's Liza Minnelli. Everybody's like everybody's just obsessed with the fact that they're big stars. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. really matters. I mean, um, okay, they pull up to the house of uh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Are you sure this is his house? Yeah. <laughs> and there's Marty just... Hellman looks, he's like, look, pointing at it. It's just his name is a giant sign on and his the picture. House. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, yeah. It's like the Burt Reynolds castle, for Christ's sake. So, okay, at what point does Anne Bancroft come into the movie. Anne Bancroft is um, she's not after Liza Minnelli. No. Marcel Marceau is next. Oh my god, that's, oh, that's that is right. the best scene this in the movie. This is one of the best scenes, absolutely. So he, <laughs> so Mel calls France <laughs> and uh, the phone it goes over to Marcel Fran- Marceau. France has one telephone number. Yes, one. Just, one. <laughs> Just one. And it's in Marcel Marceau's house. The Guys, fame- it's not one, it's uh. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, Marcel Marceau, if you do not know, was a famous mime. He really had his heyday in the 70s. Oh, yeah. He taught mime up until the day he died, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But he was, like, on TV regularly in the yeah. 70s. Um, and he does but, this amazing mime act. He has all these different obstacles of him trying to get to the phone. That yes. Ringing, <laughs> yeah. Fake wind. Yeah, he's doing... He does... His most famous thing is his walking against wind. Yeah. Which and is, he's so good. Which is beautiful, because in this movie, there's an actual window open, and there's actual wind blowing. So yes. you just see him actually fighting real wind but it's like a mild breeze and he's like <laughs> acting like it's a fucking tornado <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just it's amazing and the phone's just ringing 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 he finally picks yeah. it up and this is so good because there's just the title card all right where mel's saying hey i'm making this movie do you i'm making a silent picture do you want to be at it and then marcel Marceau, and the only spoken word in the entire movie yeah. just goes no 
<laughs> Fun fact, this film holds recognition in the Guinness World Records mm-hmm. as the only film with like the longest I mean it's like it's okay, what oh god, it's, there was it's the it like, it's the it's a spoken film mm-hmm. with the least amount of dialogue. There we go. Okay, yes. yes. So it says it says uh uh, the movie has the fewest spoken lines of any sound movie. Yeah. That's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Huge and recognition. And he says it so enthusiastically. <laughs> it's just like, no. <laughs> and it's <laughs> a you know? moment. And well, and it's great because it's the mime who gets the one word in the silent film. <laughs> Is it's, that that's genius? Oh, <laughs> irony! <laughs> it's genius. I love it. Um, and then after Marcel Marceau was Anne Bancroft, and oh. Anne Bancroft at this time was married to Mel Brooks. Yeah, um, they were. She was married to him for the remainder of her life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, well, they were married um, even before. I think shortly before Twelve Chairs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. after the producers, but. Um, Anne Bancroft, most famously known as Mrs. Robinson mm-hmm. from The Graduate, um, and, but like she's a she and she's a spectacular actress. Oh, she's yeah. absolutely spectacular. Oh, yes. She also is multi talented. Did variety shows and all that other stuff. Um, you know, she was super charming with her little thing where she can cross her eyes one at a time. Yeah. So like that was right. a, that was a thing that she did on variety shows, and she did it in the movie, and it was really cute. Because um, her and Marty she Feldman did it twice off each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she did in, in the her scene, and then they did it in the credits. Yeah, um, so great. But I, this was the height of somebody being vain. Like <laughs> I love it. She comes into this restaurant, and she's got like four handsome men with her. <laughs> And just uh, to the nines, just to the nines, like in a long red gown and a big floofy white thing. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. wary, dressed to the nines. Yes, and seriously. <laughs> and uh, and she comes in and and sits down at the table and like the waiter, the maitre d is just kind of like waiting for his tip, <laughs> and she just like passes off a diamond bracelet and just like whatever, no big. Well, yeah, because none of the guys have any cash, so she just like. Hands off the diamond bracelet, and yeah. then the the douchey fucking maitre d pulls out like a little monocle like thing <laughs> you look to check diamonds to examine to it. make sure it's legit. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, "Oh, awesome!" And she's like, "Yeah, I know." So great. <laughs> Go away now. God. Um, and then there's a few other just really nice gags in there, but just to yeah. keep it short, you know, um, they end up convincing her to be in the movie, but not after having a really great little kind of dance scene dance. with. They're all like flamenco guys. Yeah. So they're the new flamenco <laughs> brothers. Yes, or something the new like flamenco that. brothers. <laughs> and they, and he, she clearly sees. She goes, "That's Mel. That's Mel Eggs and." Uh, uh, Marty. Mm-hmm. They want me to be Mel in their movie. What the hell are they doing? What the yeah. hell are they doing? They turn out to have a great dance sequence. It's amazing. Right. Yeah. The feather boa turns out to be like one of the best parts of the game. Oh, too. God. Yeah. Where she's like walking along with the feather boa and like all the guys are standing on <laughs> they it. Just get dragged and off they're with dragging it. along. <laughs> and how many times did they hit her head in that oh scene? My too? God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Concussions. It's station. totally silly, but yeah, mm-hmm. it worked really, really well. After that, um, they go to visit the chief in the uh, in the hospital because he had a heart attack. Really mm. great scene for Sid Caesar so reacting to medical equipment malfunctioning. <laughs> the pill, yes. Right. <laughs> oh, you mean the uh, the pong machine that yeah. happened yep. to also be his heart monitor? It's yes. His heart monitor turns into a pong machine. Yeah, and his face is just like <laughs> reacting to all this, like flipping <laughs> out. Can I say though, I love the nurse who uh, who's sitting there reading a dirty novel <gasps> while yeah. on the. Mon- 
monitors behind her. Like all these people are like suffering. And I love just the one guy who's just fallen out of bed. He's got one leg still up on the bed and the rest of him is just on the floor. <laughs> so great. It's awesome. Um, Which is a scathing indictment of the American medical system and society in general, I think. You think it's funny? This was Mel Brooks trying to be really fucking serious yeah. and I don't think you guys got it. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> we didn't. Apparently we did not. Um, and then they the have message a- was dirty novels are ruining hospital patients. Smut. Smut is ruining healthcare. <laughs> Smut is ruining healthcare. There's something for the Republicans to run on. <laughs> um, and then there was, a, and then right after that, they find Paul Newman yep. who had broken his leg and he's in a wheelchair. This, oh. And then they get into a really elaborate wheelchair race. Oh my God. With Paul so Newman. <laughs> and it's so random. It's amazing. It actually makes sense because Paul Newman loved racing cars. Yes. Yes, so he did. Like, it just takes a- off. Oh yeah, he just God. like backs up slowly when yeah. he sees him in his rear view mirror. <laughs> boom, gone. And dude, Paul Newman was a babe. Oh my God, he looked he amazing. He was such a babe. I mean, yeah, he was. In a wheelchair because his like, leg is Hold broken. on, he this looks- deserves another one for Anne Bancroft and one for Paul Newman. There we go. And, uh, and seriously. Why did your voice get more sultry at Paul Newman? <laughs> because have you seen Paul Newman, Brian? Yeah, he looks way better in this movie than he does on the uh, dressing bar. How do I put this? Ooh. Okay. Um, he's the o- he's the reason that I've actually jerked off to a bottle of dressing. <laughs> God, like when did there's you, not a lot of inspiration, you know, did you AKA use the dressing? powers out. You just go straight God. for the Newman Zone Caesar dressing bottle. Please don't did, tell me did you, you did you use the dressing? Say, don't, don't tell me you used it afterward. No, 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 no. <laughs> My dick would smell like anchovies for fuck's sake. <laughs> so. So, although there's some questionable hookups I had in college where afterwards it did also smell this is the, like anchovies. This is the grossest we have ever gotten on the show. Akbar. I'm sorry. It has nothing to do with the homoerotic part. That's totally fine. I love that Sean just took a swig. Like, that was a victory swig of your beer right there. <laughs> He's like, like Mike. <laughs> You're like, I deserved that Akbar glug. I love, I love it because I always go to, like, go to Katie right after episodes and I'm like and I always say like the worst thing I said to her to see if she'll laugh so I I can't wait to go down and be like I said I jerked off to Paul Newman's face on a bottle of dressing (laughs) (laughs) actually I think the gross part was where you were talking about college hookups and that also smelling like anchovies college students don't shower a lot and they have terrible diets it's hard okay Ew. It was hard. <laughs> Brian is visibly shaking. In yeah. Here. yeah, I visibly had a whole like little convulsion. He just he like shuddered. he had a conniption. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Um, okay, hospital uh, though the whole sequence, <laughs> that whole okay. sequence, yes. the elevators, the elevator all- stick with Mar- with so Marty Feldman, so good. So yeah. good. Um, Marty Feldman was just like a wiggly worm. This is well. This is <laughs> like absolutely his forte. Uh, his fucking outfit yeah. is so perfect, though. Did we ask talk about what that? The outfit was about. Like, Does I still it don't matter? get it. Track suit with the pilot hat <laughs> yeah. and the scarf. and the scarf. Yeah, he still wouldn't take the pilot hat off at all, even when they were in full like three piece suits. So what it the- is? It's it's being the clown. You're the I clown character. It. It's kind of like, at this point, Marty Feldman's kind of the, the harpo mm-hmm. of this group. Sure. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and, and and even if you look at the Marx Brothers, if you look at Laurel and Hardy, if you look at Charlie Chaplin, they all had on-screen characters that mm. they played. This is These are their characters. Yeah. And, and so. the clown has to play some, has to have some visual 
symbol of his foolishness, right? Mm-hmm. The, so clown the clown, the buffoon is probably a right. better term. Because yeah. no, you say clown and I have nightmares. No, but <laughs> the, the fool, like, the fool. At the time, if you look at silent uh-huh. movies, Harpo was considered a clown. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, he never yeah. took off his hat. Yeah. That's Actually, well, that's not true. He it was very rare, mm-hmm. but most times he left the hat on. Yeah, like when he. Oh, was I'm fucking. sure that that's all you need is a hat. You just pissed off everybody in the Clown Guild of America. <laughs> be writing. letter now, they're yeah. gonna, Brian. They're gonna send us a deflated car horn. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you are next. <laughs> um. <laughs> I made a movie about a guy being chased by clowns, <laughs> and they only spoke in honks. Oh, yeah, how many times are you going to mention this, Brian? We all know. It was a great... <laughs> by the way, I was the lev- evil clown leader. Yes, yes. you were. You were. <laughs> great job. Wow. <laughs> or as we called them on the set, the Bubba Clown. Yes. No, you kept calling me the Bubba Clown on set, and I was like, listen, fuckface, I'll be in my trailer until you call me. And then I just walked into someone's house, and they didn't know who I was, and they were pretty scared. I thought that was my trailer. <laughs> okay, back to yes, back, back to the movie. Back, back to, to Mel Brooks, movie. Question about how I thought each of these sequences with all these big stars ended. Okay, I found it really interesting that after all of the hullabaloo is said mm-hmm. and done, all three of them said, "Yeah, hell yeah, I'll be in your movie. I'll yeah. do it." You know, I just thought that was really interesting how it ended each time that way. Yeah. Like, well, that's the whole yeah. point is like we're just we're they're just trying to get them in the movie. Yeah, and so you got to wrap up the scene somehow. So right, it's yeah. like. And then Will you be in the movie? They, yes. You know? They all, they all agree to be in the movie. And then, like, the actual shooting of the movie is, like, two shots of newspapers. Like, right. the, Mel Fun silent movie starts shooting. And then the next day, it's like, Mel Fun silent movie's done. Shortest shoot ever. Yeah. Can I say, I love Speaking the fact that they were, like, shortest shoot ever yeah. after he's just had a shit ton of coffee to sober up. <laughs> Exactly. That was awesome. That was so good. Speaking of the newspaper, I yep. loved the running gag of the newspaper stand. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's so great. So every single time, very much like modern day uh, modern day movie gossip, every single time some big star got cast in this film and made headlines and the LA Times went out and printed all these newspapers and they go up to a newspaper stand and they just chuck it. <laughs> And this poor newspaper guy who like, keeps getting hit with it. Aiming it on purpose. I know. They're like purposely trying to just demolish this poor old man. <laughs> he's like, no, no, and He's no. like, don't do it. And I think like the second one even had a, a mini headline that said New pa- newspaper man crushed again. Or yes. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just keeps getting better and better. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, so you said we, we I totally skipped over the part where he starts drinking again. Yes. Because uh-huh. there's the through line that Mel Fun, his career got ruined from horrible drinking yes problem. before yeah. he had a drinking problem and now he's clean he's cleaned up he's nice and sober and he's ready to work again mm-hmm. um after he finds out that his lady love bernadette peters also known as vilma in this <laughs> um that vilma is actually working for engulfed and devour because somehow uh Dom and Marty find a check made out to her that says from Engulf and Devour to Vilma for in this note it said for pretending to be in love with Melfun. <laughs> I love how it's like written out so eloquently yeah. just yes. like that. <laughs> and uh and so he goes back to drinking again. Oh yeah. Has a really nice like scene in with a Murphy bed which is just hilarious. Yes. And, and but he gets that comically large bottle of straight whiskey. It's the yep. best part. He gets that giant giant bottle <laughs> and he just like pours it all over himself and he's with all these homeless people and they're like he truly is the lord of the winos. <laughs> yeah. The lord yeah, cuz he's got his hands wino. up in the air like oh. 
It's like Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. yeah. He's standing above and they're so all great. like grabbing at him. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's so, so good. Um, I'm trying to think. What are... I? Obviously, we're like going through all like, the movie at this point. The Coca-Cola thing Oh, the Coke machine. <laughs> was so funny. Like this Coke like, machine is like shooting out cans like a goddamn cannon. <laughs> And by the way, cans can be used like grenades. Oh yeah, it, so it gets used like a grenade yeah. at one point. Yeah, they yeah. shoot them and they explode, and then when the one's jammed, yeah. Mel Brooks grabs it, like rips the tab out yeah. with his yeah. mouth and throws it like a grenade. <laughs> and then the dude from Engulf and Devours, like Lackey, jumps on it, <laughs> and it explodes. <laughs> like it's just yeah, so good, so good. And the Engulf Devour guy's like, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but as it turns out, Vilma actually is in love with Mel. Yeah. They How make the movie, be? and it's a huge success, and everybody's all happy. And it ends with them marching at the camera with the wind blowing. <laughs> Showered in popcorn. Yes. <laughs> oh, the popcorn. The popcorn was The so giant, funny. like, barrel of popcorn that they used, like, the gas, <gasps> they got like, the gas dispenser for the butter, where you can hear it, like, dinging, like, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and that is not a commentary on how large and ridiculous can concession sizes have gotten. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, and then Dom's I, got I, I the uh, Hershey's that. bar. <laughs> of course he did. <laughs> Brian got a hankering for some popcorn. I, did, I, I love me some movie-style popcorn with the real <laughs> butter. I'm just saying. It's our mother's fault, Brian. It's totally our mother's fault. <laughs> Whoa, she loves popcorn more than us. It, it's, oh, well, it, it would go that far. but, uh, but <laughs> No, it's it, Brian. I'm being hyperbolic. Go along with the comment, I just, I, just <laughs> I, I wanted to... I just kind of wanted to, like... Roll around in that popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Like on the Jerry Springer show, where you have like weird like people who like rolling around in butter, yeah. in little like kitty baths. Is that you? Do you want to just, just roll yeah, around? Yeah, one of those butter people that shows up and they're like, not in All butter, right, here's in Jenny. Popcorn, she likes sure. to eat her own feet. <laughs> what I want to do is I want to have a, a, a little area. Here's Brian <laughs> with, a, with a little pit that's been made. With with buttered popcorn and a slide that goes down into it, like a ball pit, oh, like you would get, like a Chuck E. Cheese's. And you just go in and you just dive into it, and then you basically oh. just eat your way out. But I would not want and to get popcorn. And you instantly popcorn. get cancer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't want to get popcorn in, like, like crevices. In, in and then, <laughs> because of the butter, you go out and you go down the slide again twice as fast. Yeah, but then you there get you popcorn in your butthole. I just really think that's, that's why I'm you have cervix to pick. Jesus Christ, how <laughs> perverted do you think I am? I no, I'm making assumptions. I can't eat that much popcorn. <laughs> oh, Sarah. I, it's too salty, and after a while, I'm like, I'm, yeah, yeah. Do you get like, tired? That's why you have a giant, like... Even those little, like, the little little kid sizes, yeah. uh, those are too much. I can only go through, like, half of that before I'm like, I am really sick of this now. That is also why you have, like, a giant, like, imagine, like, a giant rabbit cage-sized <laughs> like water dispenser face. of Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> that you just nibble on a little straw. He's just frowning disapprovingly. <laughs> I think... Sarah... We've had many disagreements in the past, and we've we've been able to get through it. Yeah, it's been. E- but I don't. I, th- I think we're done now. Really, <laughs> we're not friends anymore because nope. I'm not. But, but you can have I all of my extra you. friendship. Part, all, my, all the extra popcorn that I'm not eating, Sean, is just for you. Oh, oh, nice try. Fuck off. <laughs> friendship <miss> over. <laughs> Oh, that, look at her pretending I mean that much to her. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> it just got topical. Ooh. Okay, I was joking, Sarah, we're friends again. Yay! 
You're gonna, but you're gonna have to accept my friend request again on Facebook. And you things were never the me? same. Yeah, exactly. You already unfriended me. He's like, "Fuck you!" I'm thinking two steps ahead at all times. <laughs> okay, what Damn, is everybody's? Sean. Are we are we at the end then? I mean, I mean yeah, pretty, pretty much. much it? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a premiere, but yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So. It, it all ends right. well. I mean, right. yeah, it's it's a really great movie. It's really underrated. Yeah. I know a lot of people haven't seen this one. It's kind of hard to find, but um, mm-hmm. it's absolutely worth a watch. It's yeah. so fucking funny. There's so many more gags than the ones we mentioned, obviously. <laughs> um, and it's it's just priceless. And, open. Yeah. and some fun <laughs> facts. Um, this is the first time that Mel Brooks has ever starred in a movie. Oh. He had he at this point he had only made cameos or done voiceovers. This is the first time he actually got to star in a film. Yeah. Um and another really cool thing is that this was a really natural movie for Mel Brooks to make. Mm-hmm. If you look back and watch some episodes of your show of shows, they did a lot of pantomime sketches. Mm, yeah. And the fact that this is kind of just a collection of pantomime sketches yeah. with one through line, um, <laughs> It really it made sense for him to make this film, and he did a beautiful job. Question: yeah. How much of this do you guys think was improvised? I don't think that mm. much because Mel Brooks doesn't really improvise much. At that being said, however, I heard that they didn't pay the major stars, i.e., Liza Minnelli, James Caan, they did, Britt Reynolds. Apparently, they did not pay them the regularly um, no, touted th- salaries. No, 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 they paid they, them like under three hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, which is day. pretty cheap yeah. because apparently the actors really did not have that many lines to have to learn. They didn't have any lines, really. Well, right. Technically, technically, according to SAG guidelines, you're not an actor until you say a line on your uh-huh. on screen. So I'm going to bet because of SAG restrictions that Marcel Marceau got paid more than anybody else in that movie. Ooh, yeah. maybe. Well, plus, it's such an in-joke Hollywood movie. I bet you they all really wanted to do it. Like, the reward yeah. was doing yeah. it. Exactly. And this is a movie that is not easy on the the palette because many people i think today who will watch it will have a hard time getting over the silent piece unless you're like a connoisseur of chaplin and uh, Keaton, I, you know what about. the thing is is i feel like of all the people that i've showed this movie to yeah. they've laughed their asses off and, uh, yeah. and we're talking people who love movies and people who are kind of like yeah, whatever sure, casual, sure. but if you're an average moviegoer yeah. i don't know brian i consider myself a pretty average moviegoer and by the time i saw the knights in shining armor scene i loved this movie what i mean what i mean <laughs> to say is that you're gonna look at the movie yep and it's gonna say silent movie you're like okay skip that uh, unless someone actually says go watch it yeah because well, i agree brian, once you start watching brian, it you'll be how, sold in. i think people will like it even more now we're talking about three years ago brian the artist won best picture see and that's another thing i the whole thing i thought about too was i saw the artist before i saw this silent movie and i totally instantly t- made the connection there that I don't think the artist could have been successful without films like Silent Movie sure. coming into the fray. Totally, totally. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That but I also said. bet there's a lot of people who didn't go see the artist. Yeah, Ryan, you're so. not wrong. It's like a double negative. Just say you're right. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do you think people didn't see Silent Movie? People, Where was Sarah's pe- laugh, English major? Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I was I was focusing on on things being said. She was talking. <laughs> I was like already processing thoughts yeah. for the next part. Why was it so really not that successful? It was really successful oh. for at the time. Okay. It was super successful. 
good. It well, just it just wasn't one of those ones that it wasn't a Blazing Saddles, a Young Frankenstein mm, lasting mm, kind of film for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also got to figure um, Silent Movie is kind of on par as far as popularity today is concerned as High Anxiety. Okay, okay. Another great, great film. Sure. Did extremely well in the box office. Everybody loved it, but just doesn't have... I think the level of quotability mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. will continue to keep a movie, com- com- comedic movies, in I mean, in the pop popular consciousness. Literally, I mean, yeah, silent movies quote. not quotable at all. Exactly. Except for no. Exactly. No, I know, I know. But like, but I'm just saying, like, the reason why everybody talks about Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein so much is because they're quotable. The quotability, you know. You're but right. even, but even then, High Anxiety is not that quotable. The mm. even the original producers is not that quotable. That's true. You can quote the the how musical a little bit better. Dare you? I, but I'm, but it's true. And the and how many people have seen the original producers? Not a lot. So really. I, there's these like, days, and that was one that won the Academy Award. Yeah, yeah. Too. So just give it a chance, guys. Give every Mel Brooks <laughs> movie a chance. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that is all we are Kill finding. We we are on that common ground, guys. Yes. We are on that common ground, yeah. and I'm just saying, give it a shot. Yep. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, Dom DeLuise is just this big, adorable teddy bear that I want to squeeze the entire time. Yep. Because he eats everything, and he's just fabulous. Yep. Yeah, they really make fun of how fat he was, even though, like, knowing how (laughs) fat he got, he was pretty skinny. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then Marty Feldman, man, he really took his whole shtick about his eyes and just Mm -hmm. his brilliant ability to be so physically comedic right that's been his whole career that's been his whole career it's just he's He's, amazing yeah he's he's brilliant brilliant. and it's sad because i mean looking at that movie i'm thinking god how many of those actors have passed away in the last five five ten years Mm -hmm. i mean i think it's even sadder that marty feldman passed away like seven years after that at age 48 yeah he died way way young exactly so mel brooks is really the only well, Mel Brooks is still alive. Uh, James Caan. I mean, bes- uh, uh, yeah, I'm I mean sorry. Liza I Minnelli, the, the core of the, the oh yeah of and the core actors. Yeah, yeah, he's the only one. Who's Bernadette really... Peters is still alive. This is true. Yep. This yes. is true. Gosh, she's still great. stunning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. So I, I don't know if she found the fountain of youth <laughs> or a really great plastic surgeon or is just she bathes blessed... in the blood of virgins. Yeah, I was gonna say she's found some really good virgin blood. Yeah, <laughs> or she's just blessed with really great genetics. But I swear to God, if I could look like her when I'm her age, Jesus. Pretty sure it's the virgin blood. What is she doing these days? I mean, she, she still does musical theater. She still does. Okay, good. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I really you don't really see much of her anymore. She she's just been primarily on stage. I mean, really. She, her bigger movie roles were like this and The Jerk. Mm, I'm yep. trying to think if there's anything else that I can really notably say that she uh, To be or not to be. That's Anne Bancroft. Is that Anne Bancroft? Yeah, Bernadette Peters is not in To Be or Not To Be. Maybe I had my Brooks Brooks movies mixed up in my head. Maybe. Strike That's that, okay. reverse it. <laughs> so there's an interesting thing about the ending of the film, the last moment when they're all, you know, closing the, the screen. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, it says across the screen, it says, this was a true story. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think was Mel Brooks's whole shtick about that? Just I think he that... was just just having having just a joke. Parody, parody. Yeah, basically, I think what he was trying to say was maybe exaggerated, but yeah. the difficulties of trying to get a movie like this made, mm. not too far from the truth. Yeah, uh, I agree yeah. with that. It's, that's, I think, the bringing it back to the beginning here mm-hmm. the calling it a meta film in that way is that he probably he is kind of lampooning the movie making process uh yeah. let alone a silent movie uh being made in 
as uh, Sid Caesar says, in this day and age, yeah. you know? So, there you have it. Do you guys, are you guys fans of, like, meta movies that do I love that? meta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To a certain extent, if it's done right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a certain point where you're just like, wow, you're getting way too, too there's, much. There's too many layers uh, of it, but, yeah. What's meta, an example? Um, I don't know. Like, I would argue adaptation is, yeah. it's really, really meta. It's like, Ooh. it's an, yeah, just, it's, yeah. Do you hear that, Charlie Kaufman? <laughs> Kiss Me, Kate mm-hmm. is a good example of meta, and that's even from the 1940s, you know? Oh. So it's like, you can, meta has been around for a while. It just yeah. We just now have a modern label for it, yeah. you know? That's true. That's stories true. within the stories are always interesting, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Sarah, did you have a point to that? Uh, no, I just think um, there's there's meta movies, and then there's, like, show business movies, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. This was a good way of being like a showbiz movie, you mm-hmm. know? Like a combo of both in a way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I think it would have been more meta if you actually maybe had seen parts of the production of the film, but it, <sighs> but this that wasn't the point of the movie. The point of the movie is getting the movie made, right? Oh my god, it was like Robin Hood Men in Tights when they were in the castle scene and they like they're panning and I don't know why I'm thinking about it, but it's the moment where they break the window and you see yeah. like a film crew member eating a donut and he's yeah. like, Hey, <laughs> What the heck? Yeah. So yeah. Mel Brooks is really good at being that way. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Poking you know. fun at the industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah. Shall we get into some feedback? I think Wait, we shall. Is it? Is, so is this like the last episode of Mel Brooksuary? This is it for Mel Brooksuary. Oh. But Mel Brooksuary's over. We'll be back again someday. It's- no, wait, that's wait, that's Frosty's snowman. Like Christmas um, is over again. No, this is the worst. It's well, cue the Charlie Brown music. Yeah, I know. it's just like Christmas, except it's all about a Jew. Oh wait, Christmas <laughs> is also all about a Jew. That's our episode title. <laughs> all about, no, let's can we not do that? Yeah, I'd rather not. Um, yeah. You we can't have, say we have Jew. Other gems. We have blamed the Virgin. Nobody say we, we, Jew. We, we, Nobody, virgin. Say Nobody say Jew. Nobody says Jew. <laughs> Nobody dies. Look at his face. <laughs> it's just we, we've got we've got plenty of other ones dressed in nines. We have probably the virgin Brian, blood. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but we don't want to go with a Jew. <laughs> I do. See, it's all in how you say it. <laughs> I just no. I just feel like it's all about Christmas, except about a Jew. Except Christmas is about a Jew. <laughs> it's just a really long title. Very yeah. <laughs> Maybe in fifty years we can we can, <laughs> we can make a, all right. An episode well, about that. I'm glad I got to celebrate another Mel Brooks story with you guys. Yay, yeah, yay, this is a, in some ways uh, yeah. your anniversary with us. Exactly, my first episode ever with you guys was a Mel Brooks story episode, so was, I love yeah, doing it. And he was young. It's, it's right? a good yeah. time. It's a great holiday for you to join. It it is. I love the holidays, especially with nerdotomy. You're welcome, world. <laughs> yeah. Well, as just to, not to get too sentimental, but it's been a pleasure having you the last oh. year, and we look forward to more of those with you here. We look forward to killing you soon. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was gonna oh. say if you try to leave, you're toast. <laughs> I mean, if, if nobody's if, uh... seen Kevin, have they? <laughs> <laughs> nobody's heard from Kevin. I wonder I... why. Or Robert. So oh, Robert, that's true. I'm just saying fourth co-hosts tend to go away. <laughs> They've escaped. They've escaped our <laughs> clutches. Good Lord in heaven. Okay, <laughs> listener feedback. Listener feedback. <laughs> listener feedback. Yeah. Indeed. So we got a couple of ones. We'll, we're going to split them up across the two episodes. But one I thought was very interesting uh, to get serious for a moment was uh, from Jacob. 
we're gonna cut forward a little bit. Uh, he made because he gave us some feedback for both Nerds on History and Nerds on Film. So fast forward to the Nerds on Film piece. Uh, I don't know how to say this in any other way, but I'm starting to get a little fed up with you guys' ignorance when it comes to conservatives slash conservatism. Um, me personally, I am a conservative, and I have grown up in a conservative household in the lower middle class. I think that you guys claim to hate about the mass what the mass majority of conservatives uh, is simply a vocal minority. To borrow a phrase from Richard Nixon, the silent majority also dislike those people because they make the rest of them look bad. Me and several of my conservative friends are in favor of allowing work visas to become much easier to get. And you claim, uh, if you claim we hate Obama because we are racists, we wholeheartedly disagree. We hate his policies and the fact that he has done no noteworthy thing to earn his office. These are just a few disconnected examples, and I wish I could get into it more. But I have to take my younger siblings to a haircut. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Good, good All right. Can I take this one? Yeah. Because um, yeah, I'm just kind of awesome. surprised too. If you I would God. love to talk about this. All right, so we're going to have our opinions, bud. We're going to have our opinions, and we're going to talk about them. And if you you understand that who we're talking about is these people that you are also upset at, then recognize that and go, oh, he's not talking about me, or she's not talking about me. They're talking about those assholes. So we're going to have our opinions. You don't have to agree with them. We don't have to agree with yours. Enjoy us talking about movies. Skip by the shit that you don't like. Or stop listening. Those are your choices. Yeah, um, we we are we are podcasting from the San Francisco Bay Area, so a lot of our uh, thoughts, comments does have a a left of center slant to it. Fair, I will acknowledge that. I don't think we've ever been anti conservative, though. I, don't think... I have. I've said I've made comments, which I'm very aware that I'm talking about the vocal minority. I am I am a, a liberal in a house full of Republicans and conservatives and moderates. But understanding that, also know that when I'm talking about that to a certain extent, a lot of it is this is a comedy podcast. And sometimes comedy goes to extremes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So we just just did talk about Mel Brooks. And yeah, yeah. His so, comedy yeah. can go. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I think um, my dad had a really great saying, and I don't think he originated it, but, you know, uh, he would always hear some people say when they, they were right wing, oh, you're right wing? Well, I'm a left wing. And guess what? You need both to fly the plane. Oh, so, that's pretty good. I like so, it. you know, we all have different opinions. Mm-hmm. We talked about this mm-hmm. in the interview episode. This is what America's all about. We get to we get to share and exchange ideas. And we get to agree to disagree. And we get, yeah, we get yeah. to make the fuck fun of people <laughs> for thinking things differently than us. Exactly. America. And uh, I recently um, heard about... A study where that somebody conducted um, that has now been peer reviewed and all this other stuff uh, that people who are like minded in a group talking about certain things will if it's like a group of leftists all hanging out talking, they will actually go more left than if you were to talk to them on one on one. And same thing with uh, with right wing, too. There's they, a bit of a drift that, that they happens, will go. Yeah. They will go more right if huh. they're in a group of like minded people having a discussion. So and if you're a moderate, you just kind of stay where you are. Yeah, just kind of. Well, I'm even moderates have things that they are more Was polar that on. Joke, right? Brian, good job. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, like even moderates will go polar on certain topics as well. So, yeah. so we've all got our things. We've all got things that we believe in. We're not, we don't condemn individuals out there unless you're like Hitler. So, <laughs> which we all can universally say, he pretty much sucked. Pretty bad. He sucked. You know, I don't know. I really liked his painting. Shut <laughs> Right. I mean, 
how much do I not like Kevin Costner's acting, but I still think that Kevin Costner's probably a great individual. Since, since, <laughs> since you mentioned Hitler, I, 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 saw, I saw this on Quora today, and I was like, does anyone else wonder why Facebook won't allow you to put down Adolf Hitler as a role model? I was like, isn't that obvious? Why, <laughs> what the answer is, why Facebook won't allow you to put Hitler's name as a, as a role model that you like? I mean, really, like... Yeah. Come uh, on now. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. But they but let me put Thanos as somebody that I look up to. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't. And in my book, he's, he's worse fake, than Hitler. He's just as much of a douchebag. Exactly. <laughs> so here is an interesting feedback about okay. our Christmas Carol episode. <laughs> you guys. Yay. If you guys listen to it, thank so you. Fun. So this is from <laughs> Hillary. Um, says, thanks for making Christmas feel more like Christmas. It says, hi, guys. This is an enormous thank you for all your time and effort that went into the Christmas Carol episode. The past few years, Christmas hasn't felt like Christmas due to various reasons. This year was especially lacking due to no snow, despite it being southwestern Minnesota. Ooh. And um, family issues, general growing cynicism, and disillusion. Damn, girl. Um, A Christmas Carol has never meant that much to me or been my favorite Christmas story, but your rendition was just what I needed to cheer me up. I listened to it at least four times since oh its release, wow. and this episode will definitely be one of my favorites. Um, That's a full work day's worth of listening <laughs> to that. That's a lot. Damn, girl, you marathon that shit. <laughs> um, so uh, she also goes on to say, I also have some comments. This is directed at Brian. I'm sorry I have to ask, but how genuine was your horror at how Eric hadn't read slash seen A Christmas Story? I don't know you! <laughs> um, it was... It was my my real life reaction was wow really um but it was it was feigned Sorry. he vamped it up for the holidays i vamped it up yeah basically the acting i mean really what it boils Thank down y'all. to is we knew we wanted to do a reading of christmas carol and we were like what's the context that we can do on this and literally eric just volunteered the fact that he had actually never read it or seen yeah. it or whatever all the way through in which case we all went what and like, not even the muppet version i know yeah. and and so we used that to build upon it for the recording we, yeah we nice. took a kind of a princess yeah. princess bride approach as far as framing the narrative and, and the, what then it just, just ended up evolving into yeah. this whole almost a princess bride meets um noises off kind of approach yeah to it. it was weird, it just <laughs> kept worse, weird. Worse. Yeah. you got i originally was like let's just do crazy voices for everything and you guys were like no, I don't think we should do that. And then slowly, I just made that happen. I yes, like, you I'm did. Do and my fucking voices. Sarah, Sarah, you wish to be anonymous, bro? You wish you to be anonymous, anonymous, bro? Like, seriously, every single time I read that, I was, like, I was like, I was crying so hard during that scene when I was listening back to it because it was so fucking funny. Yeah. This yeah. Whole thing. The donations for the poor and destitute. <laughs> the destitute. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say that I think, without tooting our own horns, I think that was the best thing we've done as a group. Seriously, yeah. uh, I, I don't think I don't think it's egotistical to say that. I think just acknowledging it. It's as far as editing, sound quality, yeah. performances. We busted ass, and we also busted butts. And honestly, just honestly, the sheer joy of recording that. Yeah, it took us like four sittings to get the recording so down. Five hours total raw audio. Sean, yeah. you worked your butt you off. You worked dude. his ass off. So to speaking edit. of yeah, Sean, Hillary, yeah, Hillary, she, I listened to it like fifteen times. She goes on to say, "Sean, I'm going to use that cold in my shadow comment as soon as I can." You is remember it, that is part? It cold? Is it cold, is it cold, cold in my, my shadow? shadow? Hey, do you hey, need Brian, a sweater? Do you need a sweater? <laughs> 
that was so good and you came up with that on your own like that off the top so right God, Sean, Sean and here's the best Jesus. part so a, a, a co-worker listened to this and really? he thought god that was really really good I'm just curious how long did it guys did it take you to write the script and like we improvised right? all of it and it was just like it was like you could see a little explosion happen in his mind. <laughs> He's like, what? Dude, okay. Yeah, and then the post-credit scene, Sean, that was edited brilliantly. Yeah. <laughs> Take a clue, oh, motherfucker! God. Oh, God. Take a clue, motherfucker! Yeah. But, oh, God, here he comes. Damn it. Yeah, Ooh, damn it. Do you have any tools? Seriously, Roxy has Galadriel. Go fish, motherfucker! <laughs> I just, I did, of course, guys, I'm sorry I'm late. I was, my, my... Slam poetry reading of Perfect Strangers quotes was cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're almost done with this feedback. Um, so oh, she yeah, goes right. on to say that everybody's voices and acting was brilliant. The background sound effects were perfect. Uh, it's sincerely appreciated and would love you to do another story. Um, so the only narrator oh, I didn't thoroughly enjoy was David, and it was more how he read than his voice. I'm sorry, Aww. David. It's still, I'm sorry, David still did a splendid job, just not my favorite. Okay. I, we didn't like yeah. the the Rod Sterling <laughs> meet Shatner like narrative. The came into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Brian loved it. Yeah. Was he was holding awesome. his finger up like you did for Estelle holding like a cigarette? Uh, no, he didn't do that. He didn't do that. But yes, just so you guys know, whenever I'm doing Estelle's voice, I quite literally cross my arms but hold one hand up as if I'm holding a cigarette so the entire good. time. Yeah. So good. And then whenever I do the obnoxious Eliza Doolittle, I have to kind of swing my arms back so, and forth. So Sarah... I have totally robbed your Estelle character, and I do it at work. Nice. <gasps> you oh. have to. You have That's to. Copyright you have to like. Yeah, you have to. Well, copyright. I say I was like my my friend Sarah, who does a podcast with, who came up with this character, but I just love riffing, doing the like. It's really <laughs> fun. Nice. It's really fun. Well, you know what? You know, Hillary goes up to end up to say that Roxy and Sarah, I can't decide which of you I liked better, and I would pay good money for you to do an audiobook. Nice. In conclusion, Merry Christmas from a fellow nerd. And whenever you set up a P.O. box, I will gladly send you cookies and or cake. Yeah. Well, that's right. She's offered to send us poison cookies Yay. before. Yeah. We love you, Hillary. Here's, here's a random idea. Uh-huh. I think I Nobody agree. caught that I said poison cookies. It's okay because yeah. we still love her. <laughs> we'll um, feed them to Brian. <laughs> here's a, I, I just want to plant the seed now because we have a whole year to figure it out. But like, I would love for us to do... Maybe start a campaign to get funding to do get an actual script, a radio play, and read that next year. Maybe like do like the radio cool. version of "It's a Wonderful Life" or the radio version of "Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street" or something. Yeah, in the holiday cute. realm. That'd be, I think that'd be kind of awesome. Sure, that'd be interesting. Let's that'd do cool. the radio version of American History X with funny voices. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> the Halloween episode. Okay, okay, but only if you do Ed Norton as ladies' man. <laughs> Norton as a ladies' the man. The irony. I the know. <laughs> That's what you've got to understand is this white supremacist bullshit is bullshit. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing about The Christmas Carol was it was originally born out of us doing a Halloween episode. We were going to oh. do, for Nerds on History, we were yeah. going to do a reading of Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we just found out that the the this text was just so dry mm. and it, we didn't have enough time to prep to really form a script out of it. So we ended up tabling that in lieu of Christmas Carol instead and that ended up being what we did and I just so you know guys maybe and then I kept sending you guys audio clips of the ladies man narrating different parts and riffing on it yeah that was so beware beware the headless horseman (laughs) (laughs) oh no I think it was when I was it was talking about uh, the beginning where he's like uh, Scrooge was a covetous old sinner oh yeah yeah. speaking of covetous old sinner (laughs) 
did this girl I knew. Her name was uh, Sharif. And she did a lot of grasping and holding. And squeezing. By the way, I like how it's either Sharice or Sharonda. Sharice and Sharonda are the only two girls that the ladies' man knows. They know who's. They know who's. funny. All right. This has gone on long enough. Thanks for the feedback, guys. Yeah. And folks, it is that time. So um, you know what you can do? We love the feedback. You can do that by going to our website, neuronomy.com, and clicking on the Talk to Us link to give us more of that or hitting us up on our social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Ooh. Instagram. It's so much fun, you Just guys. Look. Thank you for all your attention to that, yep. that fun little pictorial documentation of our fun times here. <laughs> Just look for Nerdonomy. You'll find Just it. Just look for it. Yep. It'll be there. And if you oh. want to uh, support us financially, good news, everyone! <laughs> you can go to... <laughs> neuronomy.com and click on the donate link as well and give us a small donation or support us through our audible.com trial at audible.com sorry audibletrial.com slash nerdonomy well done I don't like it when he yells like that (laughs) (laughs) that's my Dr. Zoidberg (laughs) alright then oh I just wanted to give a shout out to Steven Steven from Motion Picture Meltdown podcast we love your podcast or at least I do I listen to it all the time, and they are always give us shout-outs at the end of their podcast. So I got to I gotta say, what's up, Steven? Yeah. And keep doing what you're doing. We'll keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm going to I'm gonna be on their podcast soon. Mm-hmm. And we're also working on getting nice. him on our podcast. Yeah, no, he's yeah we're going to get yes. him on as soon as possible. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, nerds, it is that time. We promise. So uh, tune into our next exciting episode. One more thing. No, oh, Jesus. Fuck you. <laughs> Until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye. See ya. Okay, I love you. (laughs) Bye-bye. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex.